We're going to start a new series tonight, and we're going to start talking about the importance of your words. You can know all the principles of faith. You can know all the scriptures about healing. You could understand the authority of the believer. You could understand so many things. But what is going to be the determining factor is going to be your words. If you look at the way the enemy attacks, he works overtime to try to get you to not speak the word of God. To always speak what's going on in the outside and to not speak what's going on in the inside. He just works overtime. And it could be so subtle. So as we spend time, the Lord was just really just ministering to me today about how that he is going to develop an incredible sensitivity. As we get in his word, we're going to become incredibly sensitive to our own words, not the words of others, but to our own words, because God wants you to walk in everything. And and there's some truths, actually. So let's go to Numbers chapter 14. Let's go to Numbers 14. We'll launch off there. Hallelujah. Let's look at the truth of the word of God. Numbers chapter 14, we're going to look at about verse 28. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Do you know that God has sworn some big things about you? You know, he's, he said some big things. He said that you are victorious. He said that you're more than a conqueror. That's some big statements, isn't it? Right? Why? Why did he say that? Well, because of the greater one that's on the inside of you and I. So rejoice tonight. You're not the sick trying to get healed. You're not the person in lack trying to get prosperous. You're not the one who is suffering from an addiction who's trying to get free. No, you're you're the free one, and now the addiction's got to go. You're the prosperous one, and now all poverty and lack has to get out of your life and bow to the name of Jesus because you're in him now. You're the healed, and now sickness and disease has to bow to the name of Jesus. That's who you are right now because of who he's made you. So let's look at this. Let's look at this principle of the importance of our words. You guys ready? You excited about this? I don't know if you could be as excited as I am uh, right now, but I pray that you will get excited about it. So look at what it says now. In, In Numbers 14, 28, it makes a statement. God says this, say unto them. Well, who is the them? See, the children of Israel... They are a type of the church, okay? So this is a major type. It talks about this story a lot in the word of God. It literally goes in detail in the book of Hebrews. So the children of Israel, they come out of Egypt miraculously. They come out of Egypt with a great spoil. They, I mean, they, they are loaded with the riches of Egypt, And now they're at the Red Sea. God parts the Red Sea. They come through that on dry ground. God, then then when the Egyptian army comes after them, man, they they drowned in the Red Sea. God is bringing them out. Those people coming out of Egypt 
are a type of you and I getting born again. We come out of spiritual death into spiritual life, right? So now God's design was that they were to go in to a land that God had promised for them. God had been telling them for over 600 years, I've already given you this land and it's a good land. Now he says, now there's people there that are greater than you. There's walled cities, you know, there's giants, there's all this stuff, but don't worry about that. I've already given it to you. So God told them that the God of heaven, who's the creator of all things said, listen, I have given that land to you. And so here's the children of Israel. I mean, if you ever read the Old Testament, it's, it's almost like, are these people idiots? You know, they see all these miracles, and then God blesses them, and they're, they're so blessed, but then they forget about God. They do exactly the opposite of what he says, and all of a sudden they start, then they get taken into captivity, or this, fiery serpents, all this stuff. They turn back to God, and he forgives them and restores them. Then they do it again. And it's just this constant cycle. And this 11-day journey, it was to take them 11 days from the Red Sea to crossing the Jordan into the land of Canaan. It took them 40 years. That's crazy. If you were to see one lady uh, who was a teacher at Ramah had this big map of the wilderness and she had this thick red marker and she literally drew she outlined everywhere they went in the order that they went. And it looks like she scribbled on the page. I mean, you talk about somebody, you know, I've been known to take the scenic route, but wow, right? It, it's crazy. So now they come to this point and they're murmuring. They're basically saying, we cannot have what God says he's already given us. Hebrews calls that an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the word of God. And it says this, the reason why they murmured against God and said, notice said, I can't, we can't have, we're not strong enough to go in there and take the land. Even though God says, I've already given it to you. The reason why Hebrews tells us they did not mix faith with the gospel that they had heard. In other words, they didn't take what God said, I've given you this land, right? They didn't take that. And when they looked at natural things, they didn't mix faith with it. How do you mix faith with something? By speaking it. They didn't do that. Instead, instead of talking about what God said, what did they do? They looked at natural circumstances and started to say, we cannot have what God has already given us. You know, I've been diagnosed with this terminal illness that there's no cure for, and I just, you know, the doctor said, so I'm done. No, right? No, no, God says, I am Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. So, so here's the thing, are we going to speak what God says or are we going to speak what we see? Guys, in our time right now, there's so many people that are getting derailed. They're, they're getting derailed from the word because their eyes are laser focused 
on what's happening in the, in the United States right now. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians. They're getting derailed. And, and they're consumed with this is going on. And they're spending all their time on this instead of being more than political and being in faith. Now, should we just close our eyes and forget about these things? Absolutely not. We should, now here's a new thought, we should be led by the Spirit of God. But when you're not full of the Word, it's impossible to be led by the Spirit of God. Because if you're led by outward things, it'll cause you to do crazy things. You'll actually think, you'll actually think that God's talking to you when Satan's leading you. I mean, it's wild. we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. But look at what it says here. God said, I want you to say to these people that basically are saying they can't have what I said I've already given them. He says, as truly as I live, this would be, this is such a strong statement in the Hebrew, it would be considered an oracle of God, which means it's an eternal, unchanging law. God is saying, this is a law that is in place. This is why we could call it the law of confession. This is a law that's in place. As long as I live, which will be forever, right? As truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, in the King James it says, so will I do to you. Now the word do is, is in the causative, it's, it's been translated in the causative. Whatever you say, I'm going to do to you. But if you look at the Hebrew language, it's in the permissive tense, not the causative tense. So it should read, so will I allow to you. Whatever you say, God says, I'll allow. Who's the determining factor in that? We are, Right? Now, this is, this, is, this is an oracle of God spoken in the Old Testament. So now, let's go to a New Testament scripture. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. We could go into a lot more. The whole Bible talks about this. But let's go to one that'll just be as clear as could possibly be. Go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. This is amazing. As truly as I live, saith the Lord. Now remember, God's word, it never loses power. It's forever settled in heaven. God is saying, whatever you say is what I'm going to allow. Wow. So if Satan says, you got to die, and God says, I've given you life, and you will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord... What's going to happen? Well, what are you going to say? Because you're going to have what you say, right? If you side with Satan in the mouth of two or three witnesses, then you're going to have to die. If you side with God and say what he says, then you'll have, God will allow what you said. Do you see this a little bit? So go to Mark chapter 11. I guess you guys are all there. I need to go to Mark chapter 11. 
right? Mark chapter 11, verse 23, and I pray as we go through these scriptures, this is the word of God. This is not an opinion. This is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't matter if you've heard this a million times. If you you ever think, listen, pastor, do we have to go through this again? Absolutely. And if you really are upset about it, just record yourself tomorrow. Because if you don't want to hear this, you're not speaking right. Right? I mean, it's amazing sometimes when you get sensitive and all of a sudden you're like going, what in the world am I talking about? Mark chapter 11. Let's look at this. Verse 23. Jesus said, now he's talking about how the faith of God operates. Now, is that a big thing? Yeah. God is saying, this is how the faith of God operates. This is, in other words, this is how God created everything. This is how God operates. This is, this is the operation of it. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Now, you're going to notice something here. The word say, it's going to talk about what you say three times more than when it talks about what you believe. Because this is the way it all works. You and I only say what we see. Right? Whatever you're looking at, if you look at it long enough, you'll start looking to it. It'll become your source, and you'll start talking about it. That's why Satan's always wanting you. He's yelling, screaming with circumstances, with people. Hey, look over here. Because as soon as you get your eyes off of God's word, off of Jesus, now he's separated you from faith, and you're done. Right? So, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Look at what it says. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So in other words, Old Testament, whatever you say in my ears, that's what I'm going to allow to you. New Testament, you will have what you say. Now, now, you got to stick with me because people who think this teaching's ridiculous will shut the tape off right now or shut the CD off or turn off the live stream and go see these people are running around. They're just saying they could have whatever they say. Well, time out. We're going to come to that because we're going to look at another principle in the word of God that will show us that we are created in the image of our father and we are to operate, be imitators of him. And we are literally told over and over and over again that we are only to say what he says, right? So in other words, he'll have whatever he says. Well, the, the, 
the thing you're taking for granted here, the biblical proof, the New Testament teaching that's over and over and over in this book is you're going to hold fast to the confession of your faith. That's the, that's the Greek word. It's, it's always the same word, homo logeo. It means to say the same thing. If you look at the context every time it's used, it's God is telling you and I, you say what I'm saying. So if I say, listen, Angela, by my stripes, you're healed, then all you're supposed to say is by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Right? Not anything else. And your flesh is, your, your spirit's going, amen, so be it unto me. Your flesh is going, oh me, are you kidding? Right? Because see, here's the thing. What you see is what you're going to say. And according to this, you're going to have what you say. Go to a restaurant and listen to conversations. Everybody's talking about everybody. Everybody's talking about nonsense. Everybody's talking about all this stuff outward. Man, I can't tell you how many times, how many times the Holy Spirit has got on me about talking about this mask thing and all this stuff that we're going on. Because, you know, I mean, he's like, what, what are you doing? Don't watch the news. Right? That's what he's telling me. You, you get your news from my word, not this other nonsense. Because it just leads you off. Right? We got to keep our eye where he wants us to have our eye. This is huge. See, when you embrace a truth from the word of God, you will talk about it. You'll want to hear it and you'll talk about it. You get a revelation that by his stripes you're healed. Man, that's all you'll talk about. I met with a wonderful man who's going through some stuff. We met. You know, he's like, you know, I, I listened to you and uh, I listened to you online and now I've been diagnosed with this, given five to eight years to live. And, and would you, you know, I love what you say about healing. Would you meet with me? Well, absolutely. Love these people. They're amazing. Man, we sat down and we started sharing the word, pointed him to some things, gave him some things. Man, got a text from him yesterday. He's like, wow! Man, I'm, you know, this is amazing. Right? Before it's like, you know, I know, I know God's a healer, but I just, you know, I mean, he was honest. I just, but I'm, I'm struggling in this area or that area. That text, he wasn't struggling. And this is only a few days. Think about how wild he'll be in a month. Right? And, and, and guess what he said right in the text? Guess what he's doing in the church he goes to? Man, I'm telling everybody about how God is a healer. And the pastors are excited. Isn't that cool? 
Why? See, the word of God, when you get revelation of the word of God, it's full of life. You'll talk about it. Don't worry. See, this is the problem. We're, we're, we're just filling ourselves with too much other stuff. You get your eyes on Jesus and you won't ever be able to stop talking about him. Right? Because here's another truth about this thing. You will never be able to rise above your confession. You, you won't ever be able to rise above it. So God wants you, he wants you to believe his words, stay full of his words, guard your heart, guard the word that's in your heart. How do you do that? By watering it and keeping your eye on it. Why? Because his words are life to those that find him and their health or medicine to all of their flesh. Isn't it amazing? You know, you could take some medicine that's very specific to one part of your body, but the word of God, you could sit here and take the word of God and it could be dealing with stuff you don't even know is going on in your body. It's health to all and medicine to all of your flesh. Oh, I just love this. I mean, look at the notes you have for Mark 11. All of this stuff, 23, 23, 23. All these, I have so many notes, I can't even read all of them anymore. I got this Bible and I'm like, man, I really don't like the size of it. But boy, this, this white area is pretty cool. But then you fill it up and you're like, wow. God's word is full of life. It's full of life. So let's look at some more examples of this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. You're in Mark. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. So much more we could say about that. So tonight, think about this. We're just kind of talking about some stuff. I've got so many notes, I couldn't even begin to bring them here tonight. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at a lot of things the Holy Spirit is going to be talking to you about your life. Don't think you've arrived in this area. Right? Man, you, you, just, you just don't let these things slip. Now more than ever, we've got to speak life. And you can't speak life if you're not speaking God's word. I love this. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, it says, now Jesus is talking again, but I say unto you that every idle word, this is every useless word, this is, this is also an inactive word. That's what an idle word is, an inactive word. If you're not speaking the word of God, it's, it's lifeless and it's inactive. And what I mean by inactive, it's, it's not producing Zoe life. Now it, now, it could produce death, but it's inactive to produce life is what we're talking about. So let's look at this. That every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account. This word account in the, Hebrew, or in the Greek language means they'll give a reason in the day of judgment. Now, this is not talking about the judgment seat of Christ. When Jesus, he's going to very shortly come back. 
right? That Revelation song was written about Revelation chapter 4. In a very short period of time, we are going to hear a trumpet tell us, what's the trumpet going to be? The trumpet is going to say, come up here. And we're just going to be, and we're going to be, be, we're going to meet Jesus in the clouds. And he's going to have his reward with him in his hand. And we are, the first thing that's going to happen is we, on our way to this massive party, we're going to get rewards. All of your works will be tried by fire. Not your sin, your sin's gone. But it's not talking about the judgment seat of Christ here. This is, this word judgment is the Greek word for crisis. Every idle word that you're speaking, you're going to have to give a reason for it in the day of crisis. Have you ever had a crisis? To be honest with you, I think when we look back at our life, we're going to be like, wow, there were a lot more day of crises. To be honest with you, have you had a day without a crisis? Because you know, if you ever, I mean, have you ever had a day where the enemy has not tried to trip you up? No. This is the valley of the shadow of death. Right? Do you realize you got to be on your game always? Not for you. But man, you want to be on in the right place at the right time with the right heart, doing the right thing, saying the right thing, so that people can see Jesus. So it says here, you're going to have to give a reason for these idle words in the day of crisis. And here is the principle I want you to see about your words. We're talking about the importance of your words. For by your words, you may be, no, Jesus is saying, you shall be justified. Now this word justified is real interesting. It means that you will be pardoned and set free. What determines whether you're pardoned or set free? Your words. Could you imagine? You go before a judge. Would you be stressed out at all? If you knew that your words, whatever you say, he'll do. You imagine if a policeman pulled you over. It might be scary how fast I'd be driving if this was a truth in my life. That's horrible to say online in front of the world, right? If you just knew that you could just say, you know, officer, I really want you to just have mercy for me and just give me a warning. And you knew, no problem. And they would just always say, yeah, no problem. You're pardoned. Go on. The Bible says that the principle of the word of God, God spoke this so it's forever settled in heaven. By your words, you'll be pardoned and set free. Or by your words, you'll be condemned. That means sentenced and taken into captivity. So as you walk through life, isn't this amazing good news that your words can see whoever the son has made free is indeed free. And you, so you've already been made free. You should never be bound by anything. And this scripture right here is telling you, 
your words will keep you free. So now, whatever you say, God will allow. You'll have what you say, and your words will always cause you to be pardoned and set free. But we got to be careful. We got to respect this because your words also could sentence you and put you into bondage. Do you know how many people that God wants to do massive things in their life, but their words are going, I can't. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I could never start my own business. I don't have enough money. I could never. They drive by an area where they're supposed to live, but the houses are too nice. I could never live there. And they miss the enjoyment of it, but they also miss some of the fruit of their neighbors that they were to lead to Christ. Do you see the importance of this? By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. So let's keep going. The importance of your words. So now, Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Is this helping you tonight? Let me answer that for you. It's helping you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's helping me. Just bring steel-toed boots and it's all good. No, actually, you don't have to. Because here's the thing. If you'll notice, the Holy Spirit will never beat you up in this area. Never. He's so gracious. So don't beat yourself up. Just make some adjustments. Right? Yeah, but pastor, I've been speaking like this. Yeah, I know. And here's the other thing. Let me just, let me breathe some life into you tonight. Let me take all the pressure off. There's not one person in this room, starting with me, that could get their speech under control in their own strength. Can't do it. So don't knock yourself out trying. Remember, faith is a rest. We're to be strong in the Lord. Right? We do everything in Christ. And the mighty one on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit, the parakletos, will take hold together with us and help us. And here's a cool out. Isaiah 54 says, if you mess up, you could condemn any tongue that rises against you in judgment, you could condemn it. We always think of that as other people. Do you know there's, and I mean, I've had... I probably have a lot more people's tongue maybe condemning me than maybe I, you know, even maybe no. I don't know. But there's no way any tongue has ever condemned me as much as my tongue. I can't, I, 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 don't, I would not even be able to tell you how many times that I've had to say, okay, Father, I said that. And that is not true. And right now, I curse that word and command it to die. It cannot produce fruit in my life. See, what you're going to see in this series is your words are going to hold more weight. You want to have a good marriage? You want your wife to become a better wife, husbands? Just start speaking it. You want your 
Wives, do you want your husbands to be better husbands? Just start speaking it. Right? But don't be surprised, husbands and wives, if as you're speaking that, that what's happening down in the inside of you is your perceptions changing and maybe you see some other, all of a sudden you're just thanking God. Father, I thank you so much for my wife. Jeanette is amazing. She does all this, you know, and all of a sudden you start to see all these other wonderful things. And then pretty soon, isn't that awesome? You should get off that chair and go do the dishes and go clean the bathroom and make sure that when she wakes up tomorrow, that the house is perfect. It's definitely the Holy Spirit, isn't it? You know what's re- but you know what's really cool about that? Because this has happened to me numerous times. You want to do it. Because why is that? Because now you're living out of your spirit. You're not living out of your flesh. It, I mean, it's, we're talking about how to walk in life. You want to love the company that you work for? Speak life over it. Do you want to be able to handle maybe that supervisor that gets on, gets on top of every nerve of yours? Start praying for him and start thanking God and, and, and start, right? Because I'm telling you, you could have what you say. I didn't say this. None of this is my opinion. But I, I have, I can, I can tell you, I could testify that this is true. Look at Ephesians 4.29. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Wow. So in other words, we should never say anything out of our mouth that does not build up those that are hearing it. Can you start to see how, wow, yikes. But it's good that you see the yikes because I always come back to Brother Hagen, man, he's been in heaven now 18 years. I can't wait till I see him. You know, he, he knows me a lot now. He never knew me when he was on the earth. I mean, I think he freaked me out one day. He thought I wanted to talk to him before class. So he came over and said, yeah, can I help you? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, did I get all the sin out of my life? Because the prophet's right here, right? You know, <laughs> ridiculous, right? But no, no, you know, uh, he said this. He said, you know, the word of God always works if you work it. Do you know how many Christians are believing the lie of the enemy that you know the word's not going to work for you this time. And what they don't realize is they're not working it. They're confessing four times. They're really happy. Man, I confess four times today that I'm healed in Jesus' name. And what they don't realize is they said 45 times something opposite. Right? Or they might not have even said something opposite They said four times, I believe I received my healing. 
But see, we receive it by faith, and faith works by love. But 45 times, they've been talking bad about all this stuff and not walking in love. What they didn't realize is they're unhooking their faith. I'm telling you, this is how your faith will just work. So now remember, let's keep our eye on the ball. Just reading some of these scriptures. No corrupt communication. So we define corrupt communication according to this verse as anything that does not build up the hearer and does not minister grace to them. Well, what is grace? It's the finished work of Christ. So in order to speak something that builds somebody up and ministers grace to them, it has to be the word of God. Isn't that amazing? And you don't have to walk around going, hey, you know, the word says this, the word says that. You can, you can just walk up to, you know, just walk up to somebody and say, you know what? God loves you. You just spoke the word. Listen, I know that you, there's some pressure going on right now, but listen, God's already given you the victory. You're speaking the word of God. You're building that person up. Because the word of God, it's not natural. It's supernatural. Listen, don't give up. You can do all things. Right? You're in sales. And man, you're having a hard month. You go up to that person who's having a hard month and say, listen, God, his blessing is upon you. He'll make you the head, not the tail. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Right? I mean, this is, you might talk a little bit less. This is huge. So let's keep going. We're laying a foundation now. We have to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse 19. Man, this is another huge, this is a huge freedom verse. Deuteronomy 30, 19. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. You're like, what? Oh, time out. Pastor, you said this was a big time freedom verse. It is. Look at this. That I have set before you life and death. Praise God. Because you know before, if it, if it wasn't for God, do you know the only thing we'd have set before us is death. And there is no choice. Right? We were death. But now we're finding out, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, boy, even blessing and cursing. Are, is your words blessing or are they cursing? Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, look at this, that both you and your seed may live. So we could take this, this is an old covenant truth. How much more would it work for us? That means if you choose life, it will affect your children. Wow. This is huge. 
See, the difference between walking in the blessing, walking in the curse, from this verse is just disobedience. But you don't have to do it. You choose. The choice is yours. Satan will tell you you don't have a choice, but you do. So, boy, we've seen some big things, huge things. God will allow what you say. You can have what you say. Your words are to minister and build people up. By your words, you're either going to be sentenced and taken to prison, but by your words, you could be pardoned and set free. See, when I read that, making the mistakes that I've made in life, I get real excited because when I say pardoned, I'm like, yeah, I know, because I've been guilty. Have you ever done something stupid? Have you ever chose wrong? Have you ever really messed up? You could be pardoned and set free. Well, how is that possible? Don't worry about it. It's all been paid for. Jesus already paid for it. But if you speak against that, gosh, even though Jesus paid for it, you're still going to be put in bondage. Don't do that. That's stupidity, right? This is huge right here. So now as we look at this, let's go a little deeper. These words, by your words you're going to be justified. By your words you'll be condemned. You could have what you say. You, God will allow what, what you say. So now let's go to another big scripture, Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. Boy, I pray that you have ears to hear tonight, and I know you do. I could sense that. Because these scriptures, you've heard them talk before. I'll prophesy. You're gonna, I'll, I'll give you a word of wisdom. You're going to hear them again. Right? Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the food from his wife. No, it doesn't say that, does it? No, no, it's a, now that's true. I know in our home, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Why does it say fruit of his mouth? Because God's word is a seed and it goes into your spirit And it grows things as you believe in your heart. And then you speak it. What you're speaking now is fruit. And it will satisfy you. That's why the walk of faith is a rest. It satisfies. Man, I just got goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Isn't that good? God's word is so good. It's a seed. And it produces fruit. And you're satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. And look at this. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Wow. See, this is interesting. How are you filled? You're filled when you speak increase. How do others get filled, which causes you to be satisfied? It's when you give your fruit to them. In other words, the fruit 
of your tree is not for you. The fruit of an apple tree is not for the tree. So, wow. So, so pastor, what you're saying is when I believe God for something and, and it manifests in my life, it doesn't only bless me. Exactly. You know, there's people in our church in the last few years that have moved into brand new houses. Do you know how blessed they are? They're awesomely blessed. But do you know how blessed their neighbors are? Because they're there. See, this is, you got to get this. Because you're here for a lot more than you. But now let's look at the principle Why does all that happen? Why are you satisfied when you speak increase? Why, why are, yeah, why are you satisfied when you speak and give your fruit away? Why, when you speak increase, are you filled? Because death and life are in the power of your tongue. So as you, this is the way you got to look. Tomorrow or tonight, after service, when you're fellowshipping with one another, realize that death and life are in the power of your tongue. So so this is why we're going to look at some other scriptures as the Lord stirs us, how that our spirit is to teach us what to say. We're not to speak out of our flesh. We're not to speak out of what we see, right? Right? We're to speak out of, see, we don't speak to just communicate. You're going to see this. We're Christians. We speak to put spiritual law in motion. And you're saying, what? Well, that's what, that's literally, that's the way God speaks. That's the way you and I are to speak. So when you come in contact with everybody you're going to come in contact with, do you realize that your tongue has life, the power of life and death is in your tongue. Now, this word power is interesting because it, it means direction. So in other words, we learn from this, life and death is in the direction that you point your tongue, or in other words, your tongue is your steering wheel. Right? That's kind of, that's, that's pretty amazing. So if you're in a bad place, your tongue can get you out of it. Remember how we said that you can thank your way out of any, any defeat into victory? You could thank your way out of any sickness into health? You could speak your way out of any problem into right into the victory. You speak your way. But this, this word power is also another interesting word. It means to hand. In other words, your tongue, your tongue hands others things, and your tongue hands you things. So in other words, see, God already healed you, but you got to hand that to yourself. How do you do it? With your hand. Amen. Well, no, my hand's here. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about your hand. Yes. Amen. Right? right? 
So in other words, if I want to walk in the blessing of God, I have to speak it. So you have a problem like in healing. You could have a real problem doing that if you're trying to speak the how of your healing, how God's going to do it. Because that's not your deal. Now, you know, if, if Pastor Edwin had a problem with his pancreas, which he never will, he probably knows a lot about the pancreas, but do you think you know everything that you could possibly know about? I mean, because if he knew everything how to heal every pancreas on the planet, wow, would we have, we'd have an amazing building just by 1% of his tithe, Right? But, but you don't have to know how a pancreas works to be healed of pancreatic cancer. So you don't have, to be honest with you, wouldn't it be amazing when you get to heaven and find out you were healed of some debilitating disease that you never even knew you had? But in one worship service, you were just, oh, Father, I just thank you that you're my healer. And it was just eradicated from your body. Because why? Because you handed your healing to yourself. This is what this is talking about. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they, but here's the key. They that love it shall eat the fruit. Wow. Your tongue hands you things. It's amazing. So let's keep going. We're in Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6 in verse 2. Mind if we just kind of flow a little bit. I won't keep you too long, even though you'd love to stay. I don't want to get a bad reputation of, you know, being long-winded or anything like that. What are you guys laughing about? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. Look at what it says here. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. That sounds a lot like by your words, you'll be condemned. You'll be sentenced and taken into bondage. See, that, that is the Old Testament part. So let's go to Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21 and verse 23. Look at this. I'm going to tell you right now how you could keep yourself out of fear, depression, emotional torment, anything to do with your mind. It says in verse 23, whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Has your mind, your will, and your emotion, have you ever had some troubles going on there? The Bible says how you keep your soulish realm from trouble is you keep your mouth and your tongue. So in other words, let the weak say they're strong. Why? Because God says, be strong in me. That's an enablement. Let the blind say they can see. Let the poor say they are rich. You see how this is, it, this will turn your life right side up. 
This is why all things are possible to whoever will believe. So let's keep going. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30 in verse 32. It says, if you've done foolishly in lifting up yourself, or if you have thought evil, what do you do? Lay your hand upon your mouth. Because if you're doing something foolishly, it means you've been talking about it. If you've thought evil, see, how do you stop that? How do you stop a wrong thought? Put your hand over your mouth. Right? So let's go over to Psalms, book of Psalms, for a little bit. Psalm 39. There are so many scriptures. I'll come to the end of this segment. I was really hoping to get a little further, but I think, you know, we're, we're doing good. This is laying a good foundation. Psalm 39 and verse 1, it says here, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. Now we know why we are sinning with our tongue. Because we're taking heed to what other people, we think other people should be doing. If I'm taking heed to another person's ways, if I take heed, if I'm concerned about Adam's ways, I'm going to mess up with my tongue. Do you see that? I take heed. Let me find it. 39. I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. Guys, the wicked is before you every day. Right? Psalm 23 is our life on this earth. He prepares a table before you, great, in the presence of your enemies. See, these these principalities, these powers, these demons that are assigned against you. See, Satan's not omnipresent. So he has a hierarchy. There's demons assigned to you that know your great-grandfather, your grandfather, your dad. You know, they know all about your family, and they know everything that tripped them up, and now they're going to be trying to trip you up. So you got to bridle your tongue because it opens the doors. It opens doors to them. Do you realize that you have complete authority over the enemy? You get your tongue under control, and it's like he's, it, it's like in a zoo. You're going to see all these demons that are set against you. It's like they're behind, it's like the penguin exhibit at the zoo. They're behind like four inches of glass. They're just like non-issues. They're yelling and screaming. You can't hear them. Because all you're hearing is the word of God. Because that's all, because you listen to yourself more than you listen to anybody else. Right? This is a huge, huge thing. So we'll start, well, 
We'll start wherever the Lord wants us to start. But I want to leave you with this. I'll just leave you with John chapter 6. So we've talked about our words. But the next part of this is we need to talk about God's word. So in John chapter 6, in verse 63, it says this. It is the spirit that quickens or it is the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, now this is Jesus talking. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Words are not noise. Words are spirit and they are life. Hebrews 4.12 says they're full of the Zoe life of God and they're powerful. Right? In John 17, 17, it says your word is truth. In John chapter 8, verse 31, what does it say? Listen, if you continue in my word, which is truth, then are you my disciples indeed and you will know the truth or you'll know my word and my and the truth or my words will make you free verse 36 of that same chapter says whoever the son is made free is indeed free so we'll start talking about god's words and then we're going to come and we're going to start talking about what the word says about how that we are only to speak god's words the Bible says things like this. You bridle your tongue, you could control your whole body. What? You mean your tongue can control the cells of your body? Yep. Your tongue can control your hip, your knee? Really? Your tongue can control and cause your kidney to work perfectly? Absolutely. Because when you believe the word of God in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, we're going to also see another dynamic truth about God's word. He watches over it to perform it. So when you say, Father, I thank you that you sent your word almost 2,000 years ago and healed me. And so now by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Guess what? Jesus is watching over his word and he starts to perform it in your life. God will always perform his word. It's already yours. And your faith will bring substance to all of these things he's already given you.